0: Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete.
1: Today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast is a special edition because of the mayhem caused by the coronavirus. Basically we want to do two things. One acknowledge that this is a bad time for restaurants and any travel and leisure related businesses. And two. We want to entertain you and help take your mind off things with a best of episode. So we'll have a selection of clips from past episodes that I think are interesting and entertaining. And anyone that follows us on Facebook already knows that Lori has virus symptoms, so she is not here. And since I'm pretty sure no one wants to hear just me talking for 45 minutes, that these best of clips are a good idea. So here we go. One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number no. 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number no. 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger, too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. Check out Engine Number no. 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat. Engine, engine number nine.
2: Can you get me back on time? St. Pete is all about local. And this year, we celebrate a local legend's 25th anniversary. Roland Oats Market and Cafe was founded in July of '94 by Bert Swain and Larry Schwartz. From the beginning, Roland Oats has made a commitment to provide St. Pete customers with the finest quality organic whole foods, nutritional supplements, and body care products at the most reasonable prices possible. And now they have a South Tampa location too. We go there for many items, but they are the only place that we go to buy our raw probiotics and other supplements. They have the best organic whole food selection in town, and on the flip side of that, they also offer a fantastic selection of wines and an unparalleled selection of local craft beer. Rollin' has a cafe open daily which offers delicious sandwiches, burgers, soups, salads, bowls, wraps, entrees, and fresh-made smoothies, along with a variety of prepared and packaged take-home meals located in the market itself. Do you pride yourself with supporting local businesses? Well, put your money where your mouth is and get on into Rollin' Oats today.
1: Rollin' Oats St. Pete is located at 2842, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Street, North. And in South Tampa, you'll find them at 1021 North McDill Avenue. Check them out on the web at rollin'oats.com.
2: That's R-O-L-L-I-N Oats.com. Today, we're here with the co-owner of Il Retorno,
0: Erica Binstock. I took a bartending course out in Tampa. Okay, wow. I was trying to do things that would better me for when we did open up a restaurant. Right. We were living with my in-laws at the time. I would go back and I'd be like, all right, who would like to have a whatever? And I would just like start making drinks. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, okay, we're done mixing alcohol for the day. <laughs> Let's See, try again tomorrow. Too bad you
1: didn't know us then. Right. You got a lot of practice.
0: <laughs> I was just a picky eater, and I just wanted noodles and butter all the time. Right. And I still do. Um, <laughs> but now I just grate really fancy cheese on top of it.
1: Like yeah, a, I was going to say you put cheese on top of it too, yeah.
0: Like Locatelli is my favorite.
2: Do you like truffles? It's okay to say no.
0: They have grown on me. They've grown on me too. I was the same way. <laughs> when David first came back from Italy, he brought all these truffles with him. And he said to me, what is your favorite thing to eat? Macaroni and cheese. He's like, I'm going to make you the world's best macaroni and cheese. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. He's making the cheese. Fancy cheeses all melting together. And I go taste it and I taste it. And I run to the store and I come back. And I'm like, what is that? smell <laughs> <laughs> it smells like a dirty foot rubbed in a smelly armpit
1: Oh that's so funny
0: and he's like they're truffles and i was like why did you do that And he's like well these are truffles i brought back from italy they're very expensive they're very expensive <laughs> he's like this is like a very expensive macaroni and cheese this is great well we sit down at the table And I go to take a bite, and that was the only bite I was able to take. David's roommate and his girlfriend enjoyed the truffle mac and cheese that David made for me for dinner.
1: Well, good thing they were there.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh, boy. How did he react? I think he was really surprised and kind of upset that (laughs) this girl that he's dating doesn't appreciate good food. Right.
1: He must really love you. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. (laughs) (laughs) We come in at four. And David's there and he has the reservation book. And we booked a standing reservation, I think, for six or seven months out for like one. Six once.
0: PM, two people, Saturday nights. It was about once a month it worked out yeah. too for about half a year. Yeah. yeah. Specific we'll, table, specific
2: service. I just remember yeah. David looking at us like, who are these people? They're crazy. <laughs> what yeah. is going on here?
1: <laughs> right. And then you would call the afternoon of to reconfirm.
2: But eventually you stopped calling us because you knew we were going to show up.
0: No, Kevin told me one day. Oh, Oh, we did? I'll call if we're not going to show up. Just assume we're coming to all of our future reservations. Okay, Mr. Godby, we'll see you tonight. (laughs) Mr. Godby. Sorry, that's just funny. Yeah, I was like,
1: (laughs) you don't trust me after all these times. (laughs) But that's okay. Yeah. It wasn't
0: not trusting you. It was more of a courtesy. Sometimes you forget what you have planned out that far in advance. Thank you for the courtesy. Yes, we appreciate it. So... (laughs)
2: Today, we are joined by the owner and the chef from Sola Bistro and Wine Bar on St. Pete Beach. Please welcome to the show Tigran Katchdorian and Artem Kuchirinko. Welcome, guys.
3: Hey, guys. Hey welcome, guys. guys. Did I get that right? Yes.
1: Oh, good. Yes, good job. Thank, <laughs> and thanks for bringing alcohol. Yes, and you're always very enthusiastic. Well, about everything, but I mean the wine. We come in and you already have something in mind that you can't wait to show us that <laughs> we've never seen before. Right, right. and And we, we always love it. I think there was one time that there we had we had two different ones, right. and and the one that you liked better, Lori thought the other one was better. Yes. It was pig pool. Pig I also pool. I also have a very good memory. Yeah, uh, pig pool. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, was a pig pool de Pinay. Uh No, it was it's great because yeah, I ended up drinking it. Well, <laughs> that's what you
2: always say. You're like, if do. you don't like it, then I'll drink it.
4: Yes, that's
1: it. Yeah, and it's and it's, it's almost kind of like a a, a mini party. At Sola. It is. At least is. whenever we go, you have a crowd there at the bar. We normally sit at one of the back table that's close to the bar so we're, mm-hmm. we can see, but everybody always seems to be having fun, laughing, smiling, and you are kind of like the ringmaster. Well, it's the idea of a bistro, if you think about it. Right. That, that's the reason why we actually called it Sola Bistro. hmm uh, the bistro is a place where you want to go in your neighborhood if you don't feel like cooking. Where you, when, it's like cheers. I was you know, just going to say yeah, cheers. It's, yeah. it's where yeah. everybody knows you. It's, you go there. You can go there just for a glass of wine or for food or for just company if you just feel like it, you know, or watch a hockey game, really. <laughs>
2: well, the so last time it. we were there, it was like we, we arrived pretty early, as we usually do, but then that bar just started filling up with your locals, and they love you. Yeah. I mean...
1: My advice to any listeners that have not been to Sola and want to go, if you're not an adventure seeker, go to Sola's website and look at the menu. If you are an adventure seeker, go to Sola's Facebook and look at what the specials are.
3: That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Very good advice. That's good.
1: <laughs> I didn't think about that myself. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Please welcome... Ray, Dr. Barbecue, Lampy. Hey, guys. Good hey. to see
2: you. Welcome. Thanks for coming.
5: Very exciting to be doing this right in the middle of downtown St. Pete.
1: Yeah, and you've, you've done so many things. I think the only thing left is for you to start a rock band.
5: <laughs> yeah, I haven't done that yet. That would be rough because my skills are low in that. Or you could join ZZ Top. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could, I could maybe just dance. Of course, those skills are low, too. <laughs> yeah, mine are pretty low there, too.
1: Spokes, spokes chef. Spokes right. chef is the term we use. That's yeah. right.
5: So, was- so you did get a
1: company to take you on to do that, and you were at a trade show, and nearby was the Green Egg people. Yeah. And this is funny, in, in the intro to the book, The Big Green Egg, you said, and they knew who I was because
5: I made fun of them online. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the early days of, of the internet, you know, you, there was one barbecue forum, and and everybody hung out there, and uh, the green egg guys were so passionate, and I had a great big trailer smoker, so I would always make fun of them. i called them egg holes and egg offs. <laughs> <laughs> my, my A good friend of mine now, Chris Capel, who has Dizzy Pig, uh, Dizzy Pig Barbecue is a, a seasoning company, and, and we're good friends now, and he was one of the guys I was taunting, and he said he had gone to Egg Fest or some egg event, and I said, how many other egg holes were there? And he, he always tells the story. That was the first thing I ever said to him. And 15 years later, we're good friends. That's but funny. said, well, what, there's this event. Why don't we have you come to this event? And I said, well, okay. But if I'm, I was carrying one green egg with me in a big pellet cooker. And I said, but why don't you bring some eggs and I'll borrow them and I'll cook the whole thing on the, on the eggs. And that's the first time anybody ever did it. I think it was 2003. People were using like a green egg for chicken, but nobody was cooking everything on it. But I was one of the big hitters at the time, all the, all the big shot famous guys, I was one of them. And like you said, I show up with these big green eggs and they're all looking at me like, this is crazy. And sure <laughs> enough, I beat them all. I mean, badly that day, it was a big win. And, and they immediately they sold like 11 eggs. They sold the ones I was cooking on, they right. sold everything in sight as, to my friends. A lot of them went to my friends, actually.
2: That's so funny.
5: <laughs> with all
1: of the reading and research I did, I couldn't find the answer to this question. When did, you, when did the name Dr. Barbecue come into the picture?
5: Well, Unfortunately, I'm surprised you couldn't find it because there's plenty of You've been there, asked but... like a million times, right? Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, it's, a, it's just not a great story. Uh, so Barbecue Contest, I started in 1982, was my hobby. In 1991, I found the Kansas City Barbecue Society where it be, now I, it was really, I had found, a, you know, you got to remember it was 1991, I had to get a literally the newspaper delivered once a month from them to get the news. Right. I, there was no, you know, we didn't have the internet. Or pick up the, pho- the phone and call somebody. Right. And so I found the Kansas City Barbecue Society, which now to this day is the big sanctioning body globally really now. And so now I was going to regular contests. It wasn't that many back then. But so I needed something. I had a smoker and I needed a van or something to haul this stuff around. And business was good. So I bought a new van, an Astro van. And I got a smoker rigged so I could hang my smoker on the back. And Illinois just started allowing vanity license plates uh, beyond like three letters. So in, in, you literally took the postcard thing, filled out your three choices and mailed it in and hoped for the best. And I really don't know what my three choices were. I don't think Dr. Barbecue was even my first choice. It might have been. <laughs> but probably Barbecue Guy, Mr. Barbecue, Barbecue King, uh, Barbecue Man. I don't know. I really don't remember. And I sent that thing in, and the Dr. Barbecue license plate showed up, and I stuck it on my van, and that truly is the beginning of it. It wasn't like I had crafted this character or anything. It just <laughs> so a,
1: credit it, to, to Chicago. Yeah, I
5: guess, uh, for, yeah, to, for not to, allowing to Division it. Veh- that. So yeah, Division of Motor
1: Vehicles, yeah, Chicago Division Motor Vehicles, credit I, to that.
2: I think that's a great story. You don't like it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's all right.
5: It's just so <clears throat> random. It's, I guess that's the, the beauty of that it. That is, but yeah. I, well, you know, that's the thing. I see this now. and That was 1993.
1: And something that we do with uh, most of the chefs is we end with a lightning round. So they're like quick either-or questions with quick answers. All right, I'm ready. Okay, so this is, this is the barbecue lightning round. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Brisket or ribs? Depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: they're like children.
1: Right. Wet or dry? Dry always. Okay. Vinegar or tomato?
5: Uh, vinegar.
1: Okay. Uh, regarding wings, the drumette or wingette? Uh, Wing at Flapper. Okay. You're on Lori's side on that one. Buffalo or sriracha? Buffalo. Bacon or sausage? Bacon. That's not even close. (laughs) I
5: like sausage and all, but it's not bacon. And coleslaw or potato salad? Uh, I'll
2: pass.
5: (laughs) Just give me the meat. Thanks, Ray. Ray, thanks thanks so much. My pleasure.
1: We'll be right back. I love soup, and I'm always in search of a great soup. Ramen is just so complex and delicious with layers of complex flavors in its broth. Buya Ramen is one of my favorite places in downtown St. Pete. So much so that I recently included them on my top five Asian noodle soups list for their pork belly ramen. Now, Buya's success is not just about the ramen. It's a hip, upbeat environment meant for unwinding and socializing with house-crafted cocktails, a large selection of Japanese whiskey and izakaya too. Those are small plates of different types of appetizers that are delicious as well as the ramen. The ambiance of the place along with the friendliness of the owners and staff really adds to the character and charm of Buye. And to add to its coolness, the owners are actually opening up four more stores, one in Miami, and three in Berlin of all places. Yes, Berlin, Germany. How cool is that?
2: Booyah Ramen is located at 911 Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete and is open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Do ya, Booyah? Have you been to Pacific Counter? It is one of the newest fast casual concepts located on one of the fastest growing blocks in St. Pete, the 600 block of Central Avenue. They offer build-your-own bowls, burritos, or salads with a variety of the freshest bases, toppings, and sauces to satisfy anyone's craving and puts you in charge. There are actually 6,432,189 combinations possible. Overwhelmed by Build Your Own? I know that I sometimes am. Well, you can also choose from their Counter Creations menu already picked for you. The first couple of times we ate there, that's exactly what I did. Then I decided to get adventurous. For bases, they offer sushi rice, brown rice, noodles, or greens. Sushi rice seems to be the norm. But I'm not a big rice person, so I finally tried the noodles and to say I fell in love is an understatement. They are actually sweet potato noodles, I found out later. I have no idea how they make them seem like rice noodles. I added fresh tuna and salmon, my choice of toppings and a sauce, which I didn't even need because the bowl was so good without it. I told Kevin I could eat this every day and I would probably lose weight and love it at the same time. If you haven't checked out Pacific Counter, I would highly recommend it. They are open for lunch and dinner, have a variety of unique alcoholic and non-alcoholic drink options, and they have the beloved Dole Whip. Find your fresh at Pacific Counter.
1: Pacific Counter is located at 660 Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete. They are open 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Sunday through Thursday and 11 a.m. to midnight on Friday and Saturday. Our guest today, is now the former restaurant critic at the Tampa Bay Times, and she has been a critic since 1991. Please welcome Laura Riley. Welcome to the show, Laura. Yes, Thanks welcome. for
6: having me. It's great. Thank you. So
1: your next gig is the Washington Post, not as a critic, but still in food. Yep. And we'll talk about that in a bit. You are also a runner. <laughs> I am when, indeed. <laughs> that's how you stay so thin. We, we don't hate you because you're thin and pretty. Oh. <laughs> Anymore. We did it first.
6: Yeah, well, no, running is definitely no, but I think that my, my weight is just a freakish metabolism thing. You know, my parents were, they, they kept saying, you know, when you turn 30, you're going to really have to start watching it Cause, you know, I, I, I 5,000 yep. calories a day sometimes, you wow. know, just in the name of, in the name of the game. Okay. Gig. Now I do hate you. But, uh, and, and I hit 30, nothing happened, hit 35, nothing happened. But the running really didn't start in earnest until I was approaching the big five Oh. Wow.
2: And,
6: yeah. And that was definitely, I was, I was having kind of a, a, a psychedelic freak out about the whole thing. And my husband said, well, just why don't you set a goal, like run a half marathon. I said, like, Oh, I can't do that. You know, I'm just a little plodding three miler, you know, and I did it and I, I fell in love with it. So now it's. I'll do Gasparilla the weekend after next, and then one in D.C. a couple weeks after that.
1: Yeah, so it's a thing for you It's a thing. I guess
6: guess obsession, yeah. We we all, I mean, obviously we all go out to eat. We all have very strong, you know, deeply held opinions about what constitutes good food and what's bad food. I think that what makes a food critic, especially a lifelong food critic, a little different is that I, I draw on a huge number of restaurants that I'm comparing a restaurant to, and I'm not comparing it to every restaurant that ever existed or kind of like a platonic ideal restaurant in that space. I'm comparing this taqueria, you know, $2.50 taco place to all the other $2.50 taco places that I've been to. So I think that you do have a lot more objectivity. It's not about my, oh, this is yummy. You know, it's, it's how does this, what is this restaurant's objectives? What, what is it trying to do? What is it, how does it see itself? I mean, we all have a sense of self, That may or may not be accurate, and every restaurant has an agenda, something that it's trying to achieve. So my first goal is to figure what figure out what that is, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and Mm -hmm. then
6: it is to compare to say does it does it succeed in its objectives, and does it win out over all the other restaurants at precisely that price point, at precisely that cuisine, at precisely that ambition level. So I think then you really are comparing. You know, you you have to have a really big rolodex of Mm -hmm. of things to compare, and I think it also helps if you have a really good taste memory. So that, you know, I think for wine tasting, I think that, um, you know, for when I first started out, I was the recording secretary for the Sommelier Association in California um, at a culinary school. And it was awesome because I got to go to. Yeah. So it was all the master sommeliers would get together once a month. The single best part about it was that I would take the notes. I would set up the spit buckets, I would, you know, observe all the stuff, and I'd try to figure out what they're talking about, pencil lead and, you know, cigar box. i like, I don't get it one bit. The forest floor. Yeah. But, <laughs> but then these, these master sommeliers would get up from the table, say thank you, and leave, and leave me all the bottles of like, you know, like uh, verticals of Opus One and that kind of thing. So I, I had, it was, a, it was always a party at my house that night. But anyway, no, I think that, that those guys, one thing I realized is that they're comparing all the wines that are on the table but they're also comparing each wine to other wines that are like it in mm-hmm. terms of mm-hmm. um, uh, style, price point, you know, ambition level. So that you have to have a memory of those tastes. Um, and I think that that's a really helpful thing. And, and I think some people just have that. I mean, I, I definitely am someone who I still remember meals I ate in third grade. Wow, you know? it's, it's a very dubious skill. I mean, it's, it's, I found the one job where it's actually valuable like I also have a (laughs) lot of 70s rock lyrics in my brain no use for those like I haven't found a job that would make them you know
1: I have that too and yes I, I have that with movies as well and one of the things we do on the podcast I don't know how many people get to the very end but we have an easter egg so when the credits roll and we're done completely there's a movie clip An audio clip from a movie that relates to something restaurant or and or food. Wonderful on everyone. Oh, good. Okay. And I get every once in a while I get stunned. I
2: don't think anyone's ever heard it, but me and (laughs) I. But
1: But, you know, I'll I'll get.
2: I will listen to the end.
1: (laughs) What's your take on Yelp?
6: So I think that when Yelp started, it was the Wild West, and it was uniquely unhelpful in every way, (laughs) because it was largely, I mean, this is, you know, 16 years, 17 years ago now. I mean, it's a long time or mm-hmm. 15. I don't know. Some, it's, it's been around for a long time. So when it first started, it was punitive. So if you'd gone to a restaurant and the hostess had been snippy with you or made you feel small, it was a way to have vengeance. Right. So there was that. Mm-hmm. There, were, there was a lot of backstabbing, former employees, that kind of thing. And then you'd have the So you'd have the worst, worst meal I ever ate right next to the, the best meal I ever eat, which is the chef's mom, right? Mm-hmm, right. So I think, it was, I think it was not helpful at all in the beginning. And I think as it's grown and as it's matured and as more people contribute, it starts becoming a legitimate snapshot of a restaurant. If you have 1,000 reviews, um, even if 400 of those people are kind of idiots, you start seeing a consensus build. And mm-hmm. I think that um, as, as, especially in markets where people really care about food, I think Yelp in New York is a pretty valuable tool because there are a lot of people who care deeply about the food they eat and pay attention and have the vocabulary. I mean, there's nothing worse than those Yelp reviews that are like, you know, the poutine was on fleek. Like, what, <laughs> what on earth do you mean by that? Like, could you give me a little description there? Like, right. What does fleek mean to you? Right. You know? Right. Right. So I, I do think it's, it's come of age and that, there is rough justice, and that that restaurants it is a meritocracy, and the good ones succeed, and the bad one, bad ones fail. And mm-hmm. and if you get a thousand people, there will be some kind of consensus about which fit into which category.
1: So, a couple of big splashes that you made in the last year or two. Uh, one was your investigative reporting article, Farm to Fable. And then when you also, when you came out... That's the one you won the Pulitzer for, correct? No, I
5: didn't
6: win. I was, a, no, I was a finalist. finalist. I was a finalist. Got
1: it. Right. Okay. And then when you uh, decided to ditch anonymity. Now, those are two big topics that we're not going to get into all the details here. They're online. People can Google it. However, is there any follow-up to either one of those or anything additional you'd like to add now? Well, I have a question. Sure. I would,
2: when you did come out, so what... What was the thing that caused that to happen? It was actually Paul
6: Tash, the publisher of the Tampa Bay Times. Really, he, came, he kind of loomed over my desk one day and said, "Have you have you revisited the idea of anonymity?" Mm-hmm. And you know, I'd been there for ten years, and and I think at a certain point, when you're in a market that long, people start to know who you are. So it's a little bit of a myth mm-hmm. that that you know, restaurateurs who were really interested in knowing who I was and what I look like. They had my picture in the kitchen and most of the restaurants don't care. You know, I mean, most of the waiters are just doing their job and they're not looking for a little white lady with a big nose, you know? Right. (laughs) So I think that it was a little bit of an illusion um, that I had anonymity. Mm -hmm. And I think that we all felt like there were stories that I couldn't do because I didn't I was, you know, right. narrative stories, immersion stories, stories where you were in the kitchen looking over someone's right. yeah. shoulder. It was hard to do that if you're worried, if you're hung up on people knowing what you look like. I also couldn't, you know, do panel discussions or, you know, uh, you know, lead a, a talk on something or, you know, talk to the Kiwanis Club or, you know, judge all a, those kinds of things. Judge a chili cook-off. Judge a chili cook-off. So those were things that we we're that I think we'd always felt like the trade-off made sense for us. And I think we we looked at it last January and we thought, well... There are lots of, stor- lots of other kinds of stories beyond reviews that are worthwhile doing in the food space. I mean, it's such a vast topic, and, and you can yes. kind of tell any story through food. Mm-hmm. And there were stories that I wasn't able to tell because of that constraint. And I think that we convened a group of people to talk it over about what, what do we gain, what do we lose, and, and we just figured we'd gain more than we
2: lost. So how did it feel for you once you did um, it? it? It felt
6: like all of a sudden I was just a normal beat reporter. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, if you report on the school board, you're gonna see those school board members and they might not all like you and you just have to suck it up. And mm-hmm, I right. think that I'd always had this kind of cloak, you know, this mm-hmm. kind of like pay no, you know, behind the curtain kind of thing. And I think it makes you more conscious of the fact that you do impact people's bottom line.
1: We will be right back. I am so hungry right now. I'm gonna to go to Noble Crust. What? You've never been? No way. Check this out. They do both. Food from the south and italian and they do an amazing job at both they have some of the best fried chicken and the eggplant parmesan is out of this world the fried green tomatoes are not like anyone else's they call it the f g b l t but i think they should call it the omg because it has tabasco honey pork belly and pimento cheese and it's the first item on the menu so you can't miss it noble crust also made six of saint pete foodies best of list Best Italian, Casual Dining, Best Pizza, Bloody Marys, Meatballs, and Best Salads. If Noble Crust is already one of your favorites, then I have good news. They're expanding their service hours. Starting on February 7th, they'll be open for lunch on Fridays, and they'll start opening on Mondays for dinner starting February 10th. As always, on Saturday and Sunday, there's an awesome brunch starting at 1030, and the deviled eggs are one of my favorites. The St. Pete location is on 4th Street North and 83rd, and they also have locations in Carrollwood and Wesley Chapel. You can check hours and menus at noble-crust.com. Noble Crust is a must for your next lunch, brunch, or dinner.
5: We are back! We are back!
1: We are back with Laura Riley, former restaurant critic from the Tampa Bay Times, Currently with the Washington Post. Well, this is actually going to come out on your second day on the job. We're All re- right, <laughs> March March fifth.
6: Everyone, cross right. your fingers for me. <laughs> we're, we're
1: recording on February twelfth.
2: Yes, and you're done in two days, correct? Yeah, Thursday. So Valentine's Day.
1: You're, you're talking about Whole Foods yeah. and how I forget exactly, but they they use some terminology. Oh, that responsibly
6: like, grown. Responsibly like grown. Legally, <laughs> totally meaningless. Like right. thanks, thanks right. The, for being responsible. The farmer
1: with the furrowed brow. That's <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah. But by the way, uh, you know Amazon owns. Uh, Whole Foods. Yes.
6: And the Washington yes, Post. Yes, and the Washington Post. So i got to be a little careful. Might have to interview yeah. be- Bezos on that one. Yes. When I moved to the Tampa Bay area in 2004, I guess, we went out with a realtor in New Tampa. I was living, in my, my husband's an academic at USF. And we went out with the realtor and, and she said, Oh, you're a food writer. Well, we've got everything. We've got Olive Garden <laughs> and Red Lobster. And over here, we. And I was just, I mean, I couldn't even look at my husband. I was like, What, what have you done to me? Like, because we were moving God. from the San Francisco Bay Area.
1: And our guest today is the co owner and chef of Grazzi Italian Grill, amongst a few other things that we will talk about. Please welcome. Tony Mangiafico.
3: Hi, Kevin. Hi, Laurie. Welcome, hey, Tony. Tony. Welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. I came to U.S. Uh, when I was uh, 15 years old. 15? Okay. Yeah, 15 years old. Wow.
1: And where did you land originally?
3: My first destination was uh, Connecticut. Ah, huh, okay. Yeah, I lived there for about a year. How, how did that happen to be? How did you pick Connecticut? Uh, my parents. Well, I was uh, gonna say at 15 he probably did. Yeah, pick it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. My parents picked my mom, place. Mom, mom, I want to go to Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sarasota County, mm-hmm. you know, no port area, poor shell area. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, where I started. You know, I went to high school there. Is that where you met Dominic? Yeah, that's why I met Dominic. Yeah, because
1: he he lives in Sarasota. Yep. And and Dominic, yeah. for our listeners that don't know, Dominic is the, the co-owner of mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and you guys have been together a long time.
3: Yeah, we've been together since uh, partners since uh, nineteen ninety two. Wow. We've wow. Been, uh, partners. Yeah.
2: That's great. And yeah. so
1: Grazi overall, with the two locations combined, is what nineteen twenty
3: years? Grazie is uh, twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah, we just did twenty years. Uh, December thirty first, two thousand eighteen. Oh, well, you opened on year.
2: December thirty first. Yep. Wow. That's yeah. pretty cool.
3: Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I thought it was pretty ballsy. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> like, man, you're crazy. And I said, don't worry. I got this. And uh, that night, of course, was a sold-out night and zero Yeah, because there wasn't much here then. Yeah. So oh. One of my favorite places.
1: Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Yes. You're welcome. I think it's uh, a lot of people's favorite
3: place if you, yeah. <laughs> if you walk yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. That would have been, uh, you know, after 20 years...
2: It's definitely the yeah. cheers of, we of also, downtown St. Peter. It is It definitely <laughs> is the cheers.
3: You know, we have a lot of, you know, a lot of locals. Mm-hmm. You know, that come there, you know, nightly, and if not a few times a week. And mm-hmm. Every night of the week, there's always a wait. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter summertime mm-hmm. or not. Or it's always yeah. Always you guys, busy.
1: there's no slow, t- slow time for yeah, you guys.
3: It's always busy. I,
1: I remember a few years ago, I I showed up on a I think it was a Friday night with no reservation, like mm-hmm. at 8 o'clock, and dominance like Kevin. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you should sure, know better.
3: I'm sure he wanted to kill you. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> One of the things that we tend to order uh, almost every time is the shrimp. Yeah, Yeah. shrimp rabbiada, yeah. I love the spicy sauce. It's too. nice. Yeah. Spicy. I tend to get the Italian wedding soup a lot and the Caesar salad. I love how you guys do the Caesar salad. That is like the full leaves yes. of the romaine. Yep. It just seems so much more fresh and crisp and I don't mind it cutting is. it. I mean, it's, it's just, I like, it's yeah. good.
3: It's a more authentic.
1: Yeah.
2: What, did, did you, what, did, what did you do when the romaine problem was an issue?
3: Oh, we substituted with um, uh, Boston, Boston, Boston lettuce, yeah, yeah oh, Boston okay. bib lettuce. Okay. Yeah, which people love too. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody complained at all about. Well, they uh,
2: knew you couldn't serve them romaine, yeah. <laughs> so nobody
3: complained. Everybody loved <laughs> okay. it, and it still got to this date uh, request that they want. Oh, really? The Boston bib lettuce instead of romaine. Interesting. You know.
1: We love the uh, Rustica pizza. Yeah. It's so. just meat and spiciness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, I just recently tried the Stromboli like a few months ago for the mm-hmm. first time ever, mm-hmm. and it's excellent. I used to get the eat those in New Jersey all the time. The Rigatoni alla vodka. Mm-hmm. I think you said that's one of your favorites. Right? Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm.
3: That's one of the top sellers as far as a pasta dish goes. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever been
1: to Grazi, even just once, uh, well, you, you, yeah. <laughs> you probably know about the butter bang. Yes. He's, even if you didn't order it, you can't miss it. Yeah, can't <laughs> miss
3: it. When you see fire, somebody's got a butterbang. bang. Yes. Right? Exactly.
1: Uh, and I've seen your kitchen. I don't know how you get that much food cooked <laughs> yeah. in that amount yeah. of time, yeah, well, it's like takes, magic.
3: it takes skills, maybe yeah. I'm a magician, but uh well, you we, have a lot of practice But we make it happen, we make it happen. i got a good staff, got a book from front of the house and uh back of the house. So. yeah,
2: you have very little turnover.
3: no,
1: right. I'm glad you mentioned that. No. That's something that I say a lot when no. I bring somebody new to Grazi, mm-hmm. I say. And like I'm saying hi to everybody, and everybody's saying hi to me. They're like, "How do you know all these people?" I'm like, "They've, They've been, been here forever, for yeah. years." Yeah, the
3: average uh, person at Grass has been there pretty much, uh, you know, ten to fifteen yeah. years.
1: A little note on this episode before we get into the interview with Mayor Christman. Uh, ever since we got a new puppy in December. She has been here in studio with us for every single episode. There may be one or two past episodes where you heard a squeak of a dog toy. On this episode, you're going to hear a lot more from Lola, our long-haired chihuahua. She could not contain herself that the mayor was here.
2: She wanted him to play with her.
1: Now on to the interview. We'd like to welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast. And I'd like to say we are privileged and grateful to have as our guest the Honorable Rick Kreisman, Mayor of St. Petersburg, Florida. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Mayor. Yes, Uh, Thanks for having me on. Thank you. So in addition to a law degree from Stetson, you also earned a BS in broadcasting from the University of Florida. Go Gators. (laughs) Gators. Which obviously comes in handy for interviews and podcasts, but have you ever (laughs) been in broadcasting or do you think you might go into it when you're done with this,
4: you know I uh, I did uh, work for a little bit at uh, the radio station it uh, in Gainesville oh, wow. FM Gainesville. <laughs>
3: there
4: you go. Uh, was an on air disc jockey uh-huh. uh, back in the days when we were still spinning vinyl. Right. Uh, so it's been a little bit, but uh, I loved it. Uh, you know, I, the the funny thing is, is I decided I wasn't going to go into broadcasting because you know in that business you move around a lot. You work nights, you work weekends, you work holidays. So I said, well, I don't want to work nights, weekends, and holidays. So <laughs> Now you work all the I time. Now I work nights, weekends, and holidays. Yeah, so that right. didn't work out so well. But the irony. Yeah, but I, you know, if, if the opportunity arose, uh, I'd certainly be interested in it.
1: Mm-hmm. I know how I would describe the food and restaurant scene
4: in downtown St. Pete, but I want to hear how you would. Yeah, it's what's, what's happening here when it comes. I think we've become a real foodie town. Oh, yeah. Uh, totally. And I, I mean, I remember the day where, you know, you, you'd go to Alios or, and, and there, there just weren't uh, Tangelo's. There weren't that many places in downtown right. that you could eat. Right. And so if you worked in downtown, which I did it for, for a period of time, you found yourself at the same one or two places, basically, because those were the only one or two places. The, big, the biggest change, I think, today is. There are so many opportunities and right. so many choices mm-hmm. that uh, sometimes it's hard to decide where to go because you've, you've just got so many different choices of so many good, really good restaurants that are in downtown.
2: That's true. We actually use our own group to search to figure out where we want to go because we can't figure it we out. Can't, half the time. can't
4: remember all the places sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing is, is it's not just in the heart of downtown, it's headed west. Or, you know, yeah. So you go along Central Avenue now, you go into the Edge District and there are great places to eat there. You go in Grand Central. Um, Grand Central, there are great places to eat. On the Deuces, mm-hmm. there are places to eat. We were just, I just left City Hall and Callaloo was in there uh, mm-hmm. giving a, a status report. And I mean, their food is outstanding. It is. You know, and if you haven't checked it out, you need to. That's a great place to go eat. And then even out in West St. Pete, you know, where I live, uh, there's some great restaurants, although there tends to be a little bit more chain mm-hmm. restaurants out in West St. Pete than there are local. But now in the, in the West Central uh, Community Village area, a community village out uh in the around the 7200 7400 block of central avenue mm-hmm. the wheelhouse uh is there and alessia right. is there right. and, and likes the crab room. cakes reading and the room. reading room mm-hmm. and um, it's like so now there are some good independents out west St. Pete too
2: nice
1: so this this ties in well with uh i i was talking to pete boland the co-owner of the galley whom yep. you know yes and Asked him, do you have any questions you want me to ask the mayor? And he sent over a whole bunch of hard-hitting stuff that I threw out. <laughs> uh, but he ha- there's, there's two questions okay. here that kind of tie in with what we're talking about. Uh, Pete said, how do you think the dining culture helps to shape a city? And also, what do you attribute the explosion of restaurants and bars to the downtown scene the last decade or so? And then he gave me what his answer would be. Okay.
4: So, I mean, I think the the dining scene contributes significantly to the success of a city. You know, I mean, when people come here to visit, uh, if they're like me, when I go to other cities, I don't want to go to a chain. I don't want to go to a place that exists in the city I came from. I want to see what it's like to enjoy what's there locally, what the people who live in that city get to experience on a daily basis. and. You know, if you don't have a whole lot to choose from, uh, then most likely it's not a place you're going to want to go back to because you don't get to experience that local experience. Right. You know, so whether it's our galleries and shops or our restaurants and craft breweries, that's why people come here in the numbers they do. And I hear that uh, from, from the CVB all the time that, that the, the comments they get from people who are visiting here is they love St. Pete and in particular downtown St. Pete because of the uniqueness uh, and the fact that you can eat at places or drink in uh, bars or in craft breweries that you can't find anywhere else in the country.
2: Not the waterfront doesn't hurt. And the waterfront doesn't (laughs) hurt either. But I think that's,
4: I think so the food scene I think plays heavily into the success we have, not only in creating a great quality of life for the people who live here, Mm -hmm. but for being a reason that people come to visit here. Right. So during the break,
1: you had a, pretty interesting story for us because right out the uh to my left to your right out my window is the what used to be the bank of america building building, right now it's
4: priatech it was bank Mm -hmm. of america back then so (laughs) you
1: you jumped off that building yeah uh (laughs) jumped yeah
4: i was connected to a rope but uh yeah i that was one of those things and as mayor you get asked to do a whole lot of things uh that you never expected you would it's one of those where uh, a nonprofit was doing a fundraiser and asked uh, me to participate. And, you know, uh, I typically will say yes if I can and right. without really thinking about what I was committing to. And then realized about two weeks out what I had committed to, which was to rappel down the side of the building.
2: What was going through your head when you were at the top?
4: You know, it was, uh, don't look down. (laughs) Um, Getting over the the side, and I think it's called uh, Over the Edge, Mm -hmm. it it was the name of the fundraiser, wasn't as bad as, uh, you know, when I started to go down, they're, they're like, you know hey mayor wave you know and you're holding oh the rope with God. your hands so i wave with one hand and they're like no wave with both hands i'm like no i'm not, I'm not doing that
2: i gotta hold yeah. on to something
4: it, it was without question the scariest thing i have ever done in my life wow. and i don't I, know that i'll ever do it again I, i'd be afraid to wet my pants doing that oh. seriously well, well, they had a Go, a gopro on my head my staff had put on and they were like you're going to get great pictures of the city from up here right so you know look to your left and to your right when when you're coming down and Mm -hmm. so the first time i looked to my right toward the pier Mm -hmm. something about it just completely freaked me out and so i immediately looked forward and i didn't move my head until i got to the ground (laughs) so the whole video is is the building it's just (laughs) a wall (laughs) that's a great story i I don't think i would have done any better i've been in stunt planes you know that have done loop-de-loops where there were open cockpit. I've been in wow. a helicopter, a military helicopter that with the sides open. Nothing scared me like this one.
2: Wow! Yeah. yeah. Did you ever jump out of a plane?
4: I have not done that yet, ah. I, I, and I'm not sure that I will be able to. I did do
2: it, but it was really the best, one of the best
4: experiences of really? my life. Really, it was. It once you get
2: over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah. So as we were coming up from downstairs. Uh, I was mentioning that you know, Ford's is below us, and yes. you had dinner there last night. I did. And you actually have a tribute burger at Ford's Garage. The <laughs> yes. Ford's yes. signature yes. has your name on it, and that has cheddar, bacon, barbecue sauce, lettuce, tomato,
4: and red onion. Did you have that one last night? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will admit that um, I have not eaten my burger, because I typically, you know, I, I, I'm weird, I guess, in this way. When I have a burger, I like to taste the, the, the meat and the flavor of, that, of the burger. Me too. And so, a lot of times, if I'm out having burgers, I'm just getting a plain burger with some cheese on it. That's it. Real basic, very classic. Right. So, uh, that would be
2: the American standard, yes, porch garage, which is, which is what Chris, I had. <laughs> I think it's the Chris Steinacher, <laughs> uh, ironically. Yes, yes.
4: Uh, so, yeah, I don't put bacon typically or barbecue sauce or any of that kind of stuff right. on my burger. I don't
2: either. Just I'm, give
4: me a classic cheeseburger I'm I'm a happy guy I I have
1: more on Ford's but I just want to interject Uh, when you hear the uh, barking chihuahua in the background, (laughs) (laughs) we we also have uh, Ben Kirby on set with us he's the communications director uh, for the mayor's office and he's and Lola is demanding that he play with her
2: yes (laughs) but
1: he actually has other stuff to do yes so sorry about that but so so you have a tribute burger at Ford's but do you have the locals discount card no, I didn't I didn't know there was one. We we have one for you. Really? Here you go. Oh, that's awesome. Now that you've tackled the big issues, the rays, <laughs> the pier, the sewage system, police headquarters as mayor of this city, is there anything you can do to get us a good Chinese restaurant
4: oh. in downtown St. Pete? Oh God,
2: that's yeah. a good, rest, good <laughs> question. Y- y-
4: yeah, you know, and, and it's funny. I, I was thinking as I was coming to the show today that of all the interviews I do, today's is the one that probably will get me in trouble with more people than any <laughs> other one. Because if I don't talk about their specific restaurant and how great it is, somebody's going to be mad.
2: Well, we decided we weren't going to put you on the spot about what your favorite restaurant was or any of that, so...
4: And that's but a, we all know. And I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, I am happy to talk about restaurants that I yeah, love. But, yes. um, but you're right. We do. We could use a really, really good Chinese restaurant. We Really could. Um, you know, I'd love to see and in, and in, uh, I, f- I think it's called the Twisted Indian. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. that just recently opened, and their menu is a little limited, uh, but it's good. And and we do need some really good Indian food. So I'd like to see a little more. If I had one thing, I'd love to see it's a little more diversity. Yes. In some of the the styles of food mm-hmm. that we have in, in, yeah. the, yes. in the city. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and Indian
1: is another one we could use more. Yeah. And when when the mayor of St. Peter's here is when Lola is on her
4: worst behavior ever. <laughs>
2: she's on top of the couch. She's she, barking at the mayor. She's been
4: here for every podcast. This is the only one she's done this. <laughs> I know. She, well, she knows I have dogs and I love dogs, so she's telling her. me her story. <laughs> we were scheduled to have
1: Abby here for a recipe segment for this episode but we have skipped that because even though i feel fine i have been around lori (laughs) days before she had symptoms so i might be one of the lucky people that actually gets the virus and feels fine so but look on the website st Petersburgfoodies.com. the new recipe is there and it is a delicious and creative recipe for dashi beans with spicy sausage and now I'm going to have to make it myself because Abby's not here to do it. Also, we want to ask you, obviously don't do anything you're not comfortable, comfortable with, but anything you can do to support restaurants in these trying times, if you can do some to-go orders, if you're not comfortable going and sitting there, and hopefully there won't be any new restrictions, and hopefully we'll get through this sooner rather than later. We will have an episode next week as well. I just don't know what it's going to be yet. might be me talking about food trends and things like that, or we may have a uh, call-in. And if you would like to contact us, you can email us at info at stpetersburgfoodies.com.
2: And that's it for this episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast.
1: Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News. And our theme music is provided by the Chris Walker Band.
2: We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com.
1: Please give us a rating and review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show. And remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next next time, time, may your food be hot
2: and your bubbly cold.
1: I also want something to go. Yes. Do you, um, you have any grilled cheese
5: sandwiches? Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, let me have a uh, 1,000 mm-hmm. and um, uh, 300 tuna fish and 200 bacon lettuce and tomato sandwiches. You want the cheese on rye? Uh, 490 on rye, let me have 110 uh, on whole wheat and 300 on white bread. Fernandez, one on roll. And one on roll. And the tuna? All the tuna on whole wheat and uh, all the bacon, lettuce and tomato, let me have a toast. Right. And uh, what to drink? Uh, Let me have 700 regular coffees, uh, 500 Cokes and 1,000 7-ups. And also, coleslaw for 900 men. Right. You want anything with these sandwiches? Uh, Mayonnaise on the side.
3: right.